Welcome to the Start Something Show. Join world-renowned experts, change agents, and everyday folks who have done the amazing. All here to help you start something incredible. Now it's time to step out, live your perfect day, and create a legacy with your host, Tina Dietz. Hello, hello, it's Tina Dietz, and welcome to another Backstage Pass. We are welcoming back to the Backstage Pass stage, Michelle Naray, truly not kidding, one of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, Michelle is a, not just a colleague and an expert. He is also a friend and a mentor. I'm pleased to call him such. He is the founder of Mo Mondays, a monthly show that's grown from a single location on the second floor of a tea room in Toronto to nightclubs from coast to coast in Canada and the U.S. He is known as the master of the essential message for companies uh, <laughs> around the world, really. And he's spoken on tons of stages. Uh, everywhere. He's written books. He's a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. You can read his full bio uh, on his page uh, at the Start Something show um, on his episode number. Oh, God. I, I'm just really happy to have him here. <laughs> I, I just I get tongue tied when I talk about Michelle because I just friggin adore him. So, Michelle, we are going to talk today about uh, storytelling. Yes. Talked, yeah. And how, why is this important? Let's just well, start right there. Well, yeah. And storytelling, and I'm not talking about the kind of storytelling that we tell our children, although that fits into this model as well. I mean, all storytelling is basically, um, you know, very similar, but reason why storytelling, and, I, and, and, and what I talk about is really purposeful storytelling. How do we use stories to to, to make change, to influence people, to provide leadership, to sell, to all of those things. I mean, when you think about it, stories um, are at the heart of how we communicate with each other. It's how we connect. It's how we appear human and it's how we appeal to the humanness in other people. It's also how we embed the lessons, messages, insights, uh, sales that we 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 want to uh, embed in order to accomplish what we want to accomplish. So uh, stories are literally everywhere. When you, th- I mean, you yes, know, they are. Stories are everywhere, and when you think about, it, we were an oral culture long before we were a written culture, and uh, that's how we passed knowledge down from generation to generation. What th- was through stories? It, we are as human beings. We are hardwired to be engaged by stories, to to look for the deeper meaning in stories. It's how we make sense of the world around us. It's how we make sense of who we are as individuals. And uh, and our ears are always on, on, on ultra-sensitive mode for listening to the stories of other people. And, you know, the, I remember doing a, um, uh, looking into some research. I can't remember exactly, I should... I should get these statistics down, but it's something like um, <clears throat> uh, you know facts and figures in presentations. You know, and the you know after after right after uh, a, a presentation, people will remember half of the of the presentation if it's mostly full of of uh, facts and figures. Uh, you know, the next day they'll remember twenty five percent, and a week later they'll remember ten percent. But some uh, some incredible figure statistics, and I, again, don't quote me on this, but it's something like 
you know, 80% of people will remember the story. And so that we, like I said, we're, we're hardwired. Well, I have a personal uh, story <laughs> around that. <laughs> this really happened to me. I was doing a keynote presentation for a uh, real estate uh, company, a realtor company in the U.S. It was national realtor. And uh, they brought me into their annual convention with, with all the real estate agents from all over uh, the U.S. were there. And I really because um, I'm an expert also in, in using – I don't – I didn't call it storytelling back then. But it was really in how do you differentiate yourself, personal brand differentiation, all of that. Um, who doesn't need it more than a real estate agent – that you know, on the surface of things, just appears to be offering the same thing as everybody else. So they—that's why they brought me in, and I gave them all kinds of brilliant strategies, and I showed them what the big corporations were doing, and I showed them how they can apply it to their own individual uh, businesses and all that stuff. And at the end, I told the story. I told the story about my mother, my father, and how it made me the kind of per- how their history made me the person that I am. And I need to say a little bit about this. I mean, my mother is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, my father fought in the French Foreign Legion, so you know there were some dramatic details to this, and and how it influenced the kind of kid that I was, and how that made me the kind of professional adult that I am today. And I told that story, and whatever. A year later, I'm in Virginia giving another talk somewhere else. Somebody bursts through the doors, comes running up to me, and says, "Michelle, do you remember me?" I said. I said, no, sorry. <laughs> and he said, I was in your keynote last year in New Orleans. I said, oh, yeah. He said, and I remember the story you told about your mother. So he didn't say, I remember the brilliant strategies you gave us. He didn't say, I remember that, that incredible mind-blowing statistic you showed us. He said, I remember the story you told about your mother. This is how... We make ourselves memorable. So onward. So we don't have a whole lot of time here. Uh, I have since developed a whole series of workshops based around purposeful storytelling. Before Uh, you you get into the meat of the matter, I just want to point to uh, our members um, that I want you to listen to this, uh, what Michelle has to teach you today, not just from the sense of telling your story from a stage or telling your story verbally, but also telling stories in written format, telling stories in sales, telling stories um, in even in social media. So this is a really a global concept. So don't limit yourself to thinking that this is just for um, verbal, oral, or, or stage. Okay, oh, I, so I just want to point that out. Thank you for clarifying that, Tina, because when you think about it, when we're selling, we are telling stories. So I'll give you an example. You, you, you know, we, we all have to come up with testimonials and case studies. Well, a case study is a really a story. It's a story about the work that we do with a client and the results they got out of it and the challenges they had and the challenges we had and, and what the secret sauce is and, and what happened in the end and how, how we live happily ever after. It follows the exact same story structure as what I'm going to teach in this in the next 10 minutes. All right, let's do it. Yeah, so story, story, and story development, this, this piece, this story structure piece, is like I said, part of a, a whole series of master classes that I give 
through Momonde's purposeful storytelling. And, and it really does cover the story development piece, the whole performance piece, uh, how to inject humor, and uh, how, to, how to word the, the, the phrasing of the, of the lesson or the moral or the key. Uh, it, you know, if you're doing a, a speech, it, it's kind of that thing that you repeat, like the, like the chorus of a song. Um, and also how we, how we describe it in, in, uh, in the topic and, and our own bios, because that's part of it as well. Comes, people come to it. But, so this is one element of that. And, and when I started working on this, and of course, I also have the benefit of having run Mo Mondays now for almost four years. Uh, I've, see, I've heard a lot of stories, and I know what works, and I know what doesn't work. And um, and so I'd like to start off with with uh, just this notion that the story structure there really is only one there are multiple variations of it but there really is only one that has been around since you know ancient Greek times and in fact it's still around today uh, in modern Hollywood and 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 television and even adult and and, and cartoons or. Sometimes I like to say, you know, it's been around from Homer to, to Homer. <laughs> Dope. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So really, when you think about it, every story is a three-act play. And, uh, you, you know, that's, that's what there's a beginning, middle, and end. And so now that sounds incredibly simplistic. Uh, and different people have different names for it. Uh, you know, there's another Robert McKee, an expert in in in, in cinematic storytelling, talk, talks about hook, hold, and payoff. Um, there are all kinds of of, uh, of of formats, but they all follow a three act play. And I just want to read you something um, by Billy Wilder regarded as one of the most brilliant and versatile filmmakers of, of Hollywood's golden age. He was only one of five people to have won Academy Awards as a producer, director, and screenwriter for the same film. That was The Apartment, I think, back in the eek, either late 50s or early 60s. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Brilliant film. Anyway, he said, you know, the first act of a story, you put your character up a tree. The second act, you set the tree on fire. And then in the third act, you get them down. That much, that's that's a beautiful way of putting it, and that, that kind of rising action, climax, declining action, resolution. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's that kind of thing. So now you you use language that's declining action and rising action. I want to I want to do it a different way. Kurt Vonnegut Jr., brilliant, brilliant storyteller, uh, novelist, writer. He he talks about putting things on an axis of. Uh, so the x-axis is uh, good fortune, bad fortune, bad at the bottom, good at the top, and uh, and the y-axis is time. And so he's uh, at the very beginning. You know, you could be a bit above, a bit below, or neutral, and then it rises a little bit, and then something happens. You know, I'm reading a great book by a, by a storyteller, and um, and he talks about his grandmother, and his grand. One of the sayings of his grandmother was. And then something happened. And if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have a story to tell you. So that's what we call the trigger. And then everything goes down 
hill from there. Kurt Vonnegut calls it the man in the hole. You fall in the hole, just like in Billy Wilder says, the, the, the tree goes on fire. And then there's a low point of the story. Think, when you think can, things can't get worse. And in that low point, there's a trigger that the main character goes through. And he, makes, he or she makes a decision, and that starts the journey upward. That, this is really the focus of the story, is the struggle back to normalcy. Now, that's what it is, and this is the whole middle part, and then the beginning, middle, and end, and then in the end, it's all about, okay, finally succeeding or resolution of some sort, and then what happens after that? You know, just like they lived happily ever after or whatever it is. So there it is. There it is. That's it. The beginning, middle, and end. But now, that's easy for people to know. It's hard for people to really adapt it to their own situation. It's, it, but so let me, let me talk about um, what happens in each of those cases. So in the beginning, there's always a little bit of context you know, this is in a movie where we talk about, you know, the, 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 the camera on the front dash of a, of a car as you pan, as, as it's driving down the highway, or the long shot of the alarm clock where you see the person sleeping in their bed and already you have a sense of who they are, what they do, um, and you get a sense of who they are. And then, the, then something happens. There's the triggering event, the triggering event. And this, by the way, same holds true. For a case study, company going along fine and then triggering events, something happened where they realized they had to make a change. But they don't make a change because it's hard to make a change. And most people are stuck on a train of inertia. And so what happens is they go downhill from there until they can't get any deeper. They can't sink any lower. And at the low point... They realize we got to do something else. In the case study, it's like this is where they brought me in because I'm the hero. This is where I'm going to fix everything. This is where we discovered the secret sauce or whatever it is. And then the struggle is all the in the, the secondary struggles in actually implementing it. Now we're back on the uphill slope of the struggle. So uh, and then we succeed. There it is. It sounds simplistic, but you, when you think about it, every movie, every story, every case story follows the same pattern. So there are a couple of things. There's the presenting challenge or the trigger. Then there's the low point. And then at that point, there's the, uh, the deeper challenge. So in other words, what is there's the trigger, which is the presenting challenge, but there's always a deeper challenge. And then there's the key resource. That's an NLP term. What is the thing that I have to acquire? Could be a mindset. Could be a could be a weapon. Could be a could be a. It's the secret sauce. It could be the key to success. It could be the thing that I was ignoring. Could be a, a change in my belief system. Could be whatever it is. But this is this is what the movie's about. It's not about the trigger. The trigger is just the trigger. The presenting challenge is just the presenting challenge. It's an excuse to bring in these universal themes. So this allows me to talk about the other key thing that that is really important 
And I feel a little bit awkward because here I am jabbering on about this and I kind of feel like I need to, in, in, in a real workshop, I'd be doing diagrams and all that. But you get, you, hopefully you'll get the idea. Um, in every story, there are two challenges. There's the challenge we see that makes the story unique. And then there's the deeper challenge, the internal challenge, the challenge that's not immediately obvious. And that's the challenge that makes the story universal. So The human connection. Pardon me? The human connection. It's the human connection. So every single Batman movie, it's Batman against the Joker. It's Batman against, uh, oh, name me, any one of his nemesis uh, that he had in in more recently, even the most recent one, um, you know, it's about his... Raj al Ghul or, you know, Catwoman or Penguin or oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're right. Yeah. And, and that's what makes the story unique. But in every single story, who is he really battling? He's battling his sense of self. He's coming to terms with himself as an orphan. He's coming to terms with the, with the, with the horrific history of his parents being murdered in front of him. His, he's... he's struggling with being accepted uh, as this um, dark angel, as, as doing good but not being valued for. These are all universal themes that we can all relate to. And every single Batman movie is the same thing. Right. Now, it doesn't have to be Batman. Like, do you remember the movie Swept Away with Tom Hanks? Oh, and, it, it's, and it's all the same. And you know what? It's amazing to me is, is so many of us struggle with this idea of like we have to be more unique or it has to be totally different. But we never actually get tired of these stories. These stories are what connect us to everybody else. Exactly. That's what attracts us when we're on stage, It when we... When we give a case study in a corporate thing, it's what, it's what the other, it's what the potential client will read into it and says, ah, you know what, we have that challenge too. In other words, we tried implementing a CRM, but it was the changing of the culture that made it such a big problem for us. Do you see what I mean? Exactly. So there's always a presenting challenge and a triggering event, but there's also, and that's what makes it unique for sure. But there's also, and this is the more important piece, this is, you know, the, um, the universal challenge that we all identify with. So I was about to talk about Tom Hanks and Swept Away. You know, he, he let me put into these different phases of, of the story, the very beginning, context. You don't need much of it. As Kurt Vonnegut says, start as close to the end as you can. Most people put in way too much context, way more than they need. You only need a little bit. So at the very beginning, you see Tom Hanks and you see that he's obsessed with time. He's obsessed with being true to his word. You, you, and when he tells his fiancée, because he's, he's, he's got a real, you know, he's a very moral character, very, very, um, you know, like Very I upright, said, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and when, when he's sent to Moscow to, on this uh, mission, you know, to deliver some parcels or something for... For uh, for FedEx, uh, he's he he just got to go. He's got to go, and and he tells his fiance, "Don't worry, I'll be back before Christmas." And that's all the setup you need to know the kind of person he is. And so the triggering event 
is when his plane goes down. And you know his world is turned upside down because of the little bit of information that we had about him at the, at the beginning. And then you see him sink lower and lower and lower. And you think the struggle is all about him learning how to survive on the island. And that's the, that's the surface struggle. That's, the, that's what makes the story unique. But what is it really? The story is about a universal theme about coming to terms with where you are in life. It's, it's learning to love yourself. It's, 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 it's longing for human compassion. It's having to change every uh, conception and perception uh, of, of, you are, of who you are. Um, and, and the low point, the low point isn't when he almost dies of, of starvation or thirst. The low point is when he thinks he can't go on anymore and he tries to kill himself. And he realizes that the rope broke because he, you know, he know how anal he is. He ties a rock to it first to make sure that, or a log to it first to make sure that it can hold his weight and it doesn't. And he realizes he can't do this anymore. He, he can't even do that. But if he just holds on to hope and faith, and if he just keeps breathing, things will work out. And that's the key resource that he holds on to. Really, the story is about how he makes that, how he changes his belief system to make that work for him, for survival. That's what the story is about. And then everybody you know, would say, if you don't think about this too deeply, you say, well, the climax is when he gets uh, rescued by that passing commercial ship. No, that's not the climax. The climax is when he meets up with his fiancée again. You don't know what's going to happen. And she, she realized that she's remarried and you don't know what's going to happen. And, and she can't accept him. I mean, she, they buried him. And there's a little bit of humor in that. He says, "Oh, what did you? What, what was in the coffin?" You know, every drama has humor. Every 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 humor, every comedy has drama. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's but a anyway, whole other conversation. That's yeah, whole other absolutely. So so that's that's the climax. And what does he say? He says, "I realized all I need to do is keep breathing. All I need to do is have faith. Tomorrow is another day." And that's when he gets in his car and he's in Memphis. Remember, he drives. Where does he drive? He drives north to Canada. Why? Because he can. And you realize that that moral, that lesson, that key insight that he says at the end is exactly the lesson that he learned on the deserted island. And so it's the same thing when we tell our stories. It's really important that we understand what is the trigger point what is the low point? What is the, what, is the, what is the presenting challenge? And then what, more importantly, is the deeper challenge? Most people say, oh, I don't want to bear you, bore you with those details. No, that's the part that we want to know. What is the deeper challenge? Why was it so difficult for you to turn your life, life around? And the key resource, which I said, is what is the thing that you, you could latch onto or discover that helped you in that change? And then really the struggle is how do you how do you reconcile the two and become a new person at the end? That's whole evolution of character. We go through this all the time. 
you know, when, when we experience, a, we have a bad experience in grade two, you know, it's, it's the presenting challenge is what our teacher told us. The deeper challenge is what it did to our psyche, our, 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 our self-identity. And the low point is when it shows up and surfaces later in life and we realize we're running according to the same program. And what did we have to change when we realized, I am not putting up with this anymore? That's the story. So now I want to just bring um, back to our listeners here today. Um, what are a couple of steps that they could take to start um, exploring their own stories and, and making use of them? Uh, say that again. How do they? How do they? Yeah. What are a couple of What are a couple of, of uh, things that people a couple actions people could take or something they could try to start exploring their own stories and how their own stories might be useful to uh to forward uh becoming you know getting out in the world and and connecting with the people they want to connect with you know whenever you have an insight that insight comes from somewhere doesn't come from nothing and so that's really the best place you, when, when you realize you had, you know that, I really learned something there. That really taught me something. Well, where did I learn it from? And you start to go kind of introspective into the backstory for that insight. And that's your story. That's what also helps you make that lesson or learning for yourself more concrete. And in doing so, you put it in a form that is valuable and relatable to other people. So that's one area. But now you may not, you may have an insight, but you may not realize you have an insight. So it might come from a comment from somebody else where somebody says, that's pretty cool. I never realized that. And you kind of have to train yourself to listen for those moments. And you say, oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. Where did I learn that? You know, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, something that I've always believed in from a lot. Wait a minute, in grade two, and so on. <laughs> you get it? Yes, you start to be able to follow the thread from your current reality back to where you may have originally come to a belief or come to a decision point, and then um, you know start looking at telling that story. And so, for example, um, for me, going back to uh, in your interview on the show, I shared a little bit about how you kind of pulled the story from me about um, how I found my purpose in life at seven years old through watching the Ginsu knife demonstration at the county fair. Yes. And that was a really powerful moment for me. It taught me a lot about myself. And, and it's something that uh, a story now I've told a bunch of times um, to help people get thinking about where uh, their own purpose comes from and also the power of their own voice and the this, this whole message of the power of your voice. Yeah. Well, I ne it never occurred to me previously that I found my purpose in life when I was seven through the Ginsu knife demonstration. But I started, like you said, thinking about, well, what am I known for? What am I good at? What's What are my values? And I started thinking about remembering those important times in my life 
going back further and further and further. And I hit on this moment of thinking about telling my parents and being so excited, showing them, you know, kind of demonstrating these amazing Ginsu knives and aren't they incredible? And why that was so important to me at the time. Why, yeah. why, why were those knives so important to me at the time? What did it mean to me? What did I make that mean? And that opened up a whole other set of, of, of conversations for me, for myself, in exploring uh, my, my own values and what was, what's been really important to me from a young child. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a way we can kind of look at following that thread back. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Superstarters, as you're, as you're going out into the world this week, start to look at your, you know, your own story, start to explore these insights and uh, apply this story structure that Michelle has shared with you today. It's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly universal. And you start to look for the stories all around you. You'll start to notice this three-act structure everywhere. And the more you notice it, the more you'll be able to follow the storyline and then apply it into your own life, your own business, your own sales pages or blog posts or speaking or wherever you're going to be applying this incredible power of storytelling. And I, of course, in, uh, encourage you to connect with Michelle and with Mo Mondays as well. Uh, the links are here on the page, but also it's momondays.com and um, uh, nere.com. Right, Michelle? Those are the two? Yep. Nere.com is where I do my corporate work and my consulting and coaching. And MoMondays.com is where uh, we run Mo Mondays, which is the once a month uh, show that you, that you talked about. And also where we have the uh, purposeful storytelling workshops. Yeah. And if you can get yourself to a Mo Mondays to experience that event uh, and uh, maybe even, you know, if you want to go even further, go to a live workshop or even consider bringing Mo Mondays to your town or city, I highly recommend it. I've been a Mo host myself and it's an extraordinary platform, uh, an extraordinary experience. Um, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, so Michelle, before I let you go, first of all, thank you for My everything you shared pleasure. today. My absolute pleasure having you here on the show. And uh, just one question I wanted to ask you before I let you go. What's the legacy that you'd like to leave in this world? I think what I, what I, oh God, I wish I'd listened, I'd thought about this before. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't want you to think about it before. I want it to just come from your gut. Yeah, you know, I'm, I have to be honest with you. I am really excited with, with, how we're changing lives through Mo Mondays. I I truly believe that, uh, and this should come as no surprise to people who have heard me so far in on this call. But I truly believe that that our personal stories are our most powerful tools, uh, weapons, our, our assets to make change in the world. I think when and I've seen this, you've seen this at Mo Mondays when people are sharing their personal stories on stage. Uh, or privately, you know, all the labels, you know, black, white, Muslim, Jew, Christian, gay, bi, whatever, all those labels kind of fall away. And what you see is the humanness, the, the, the universal human spirit. And so when that happens, it's, it's all like, you can't help but take on the values that we we say we all cherish, you know, tolerance, peace, all of those things. 
because we realize at our core we're, we're, we're all the same. So I truly believe that my, my I hope my legacy, you know, whether it happens through Mo Mondays or some other ways, really about giving people permission to let down their guard, be open and human with one another. And I think that every time we do that, we take one additional step toward world peace. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you, my friend. All right, superstarters, go out there and create some more world peace. Peace in yourselves, peace in your communities, peace in the world. We're all living our purpose. And the more we do that, and the more we share humanity and stories, the better off the whole world is. So thank you for joining us on the Backstage Pass. We'll see you next time.